the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Seven minutes after 10 o'clock as hour number two is underway. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday. Just a day before Snowmageddon. Supposed to start tomorrow night. Continue with with rain, then freezing rain, turning to snow, which is going to go all the way through Thursday. And I think the winter storm morning ends on Friday morning at 7 a.m. So uh, might be a little treacherous. Uh, You're going to have to be careful. But thanks for being with us on this Tuesday. It's the first morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2022. And uh, you know what it means on every Tuesday at this hour. It's time for Peter Kersenow, our good friend from the United States Commission on Civil Rights, longest-serving member of that important board. He is also a best-selling author. He is a columnist. He is a law professor. And he's the host of the Kersenow Report on AM 1420, The Answer. Pete, good morning. How are you, sir? Beautiful day in Cleveland, Bob. Doing great. How about yourself? Doing all right myself. Pete, um, I'm going to dive right into this because it's going to take a little while, and I'm sure you're going to have a lot to say on it. Um. According to the official statistics, last year, the FOP reporting, uh, there were 346 police officers shot in the line of duty. That is historic. Ambush-style attacks against officers were up 115% in 2021 compared to 2020. Being a cop in America has never, ever been more dangerous They have targets on their backs because they are uh, demonized by public officials, 99% of them Democrats. They're demonized by the mainstream media. They're questioned with their every move. Uh, And so police officers are in grave danger. I use that to set up these lyrics. All you ends, when I say ends, it means the N-word. All you ends out there, take your guns that you use to shoot each other and start shooting these, if you'll excuse me, bitch-ass, mother-effing police. That'll impress a mother-effing N like me. The crooked mother-effers cause these police getting away too, getting way too mother, it's hard to read this while bleeping myself, mother-effing out of line. Don't trust these police because 911's a joke. Don't trust these police because 911's a joke. You can't trust these police. Don't trust these police. 911's a joke. You feel me? And it goes on and on and on and on and on like that. Pete, you know where I'm going with this, but for those who don't, those are just some of the lyrics in a song by Snoop Dogg called Police. Snoop Dogg is going to be in two weeks. 
a little less than two weeks now, at the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. He's going to be the halftime act, along with Dr. Dre and Eminem, other rappers who have rapped about killing cops, as well as killing other people, raping women that they refer to as hoes, uh, uh, practicing most the most extraordinary verbal violence I think anybody ever has. And Peter Kirsten, now they've been blessed with the halftime show by Roger Goodell and a woke National Football League that is looking in this age of social justice um, to appease the black players and the black fans of the National Football League, figuring if we put some black rappers, Eminem is the exception, if we put some black rappers on the stage, it'll really show our commitment to Black Lives Matter and to the social justice movement. Meanwhile, they're up there singing about killing cops. And in fact, imploring people to stop, uh, in, imploring themselves, one another to stop shooting each other and turn those guns on cops. At this time in America, uh, with the stats I just gave you. So, Pete, there it is. The ball's on the tee. Take it. Yeah, uh, Bob, um, it's not simply limited to the NFL, as you know. And, you know, there's a lot to say about Roger Goodell, who I consider to be the worst commissioner in sports, maybe in the history of sports. Um, I would, uh, dispute one thing, not that you said, but that, that there's this perception that they're somehow appeasing blacks. No, they're not. Uh, these are the woke idiots who think that the Snoop Dogs represent all blacks. That's the kind of condescension and racism endemic in much of our woke karate. They think that idiots like Snoop Dogg speak for all blacks, and blacks champion, all blacks champion the shooting of cops and all kinds of other types of idiocy behavior. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. These are the guys who have maybe the highest profile, and the reason they do is because they are uh, uh, consonant with the democratic progressive construct. That's what it's all about, really. And they get championed on this. You talk to blacks in my neighborhood, the people across the street from me, they want more cops, not fewer cops, but nobody talks to them. Nobody listens to them. You know, they're just the people who go to work every day, pay their taxes, ordinary Americans, and they have no voice because the biggest voice comes from those that the Democrats can exploit and progressives and the media, but I'm repeating myself, can exploit. I've been watching Snoop Dogg and a lot of these other guys for a number of years, and I I have to admit, I am baffled as to how they can uh, navigate society and become rich and famous spewing this filth that harms all of the United States, but particularly the black community. And Roger Goodell thinks he's getting his bona fides by having these guys out there on the Super Bowl. This is an abomination. We should say it's abomination. And Bob, it transcends, and you just indicated that transcends uh, the the exhorting of, of people to kill cops and shoot cops. It's, it's misogynistic on steroids, and it's just pure stupidity and evil. And we have to call it that, just like participating in the China Olympics is evil. When can we start saying that this is evil? I know people are making billions off of it. Does that excuse evil? I'm getting almost apoplectic at this point. But to the extent we continue to countenance this kind of behavior and not just countenance it, they put it at halftime of the Super Bowl, the most watched event in television. Mm Mm-hmm. We're going to have more and more of this. And Roger Goodell is going to be insulated from this. I don't even know where Roger lives. I assume maybe it's some you know, a great condo in Park Avenue or something. I don't know. He's insulated from it. He gets chauffeured to his job every single day. 
and he can, you know, pander to the worst elements of society because he's too stupid. And I said it. Roger Goodell, you want to have a debate with me? Come on right now. You're an idiot. Getting paid $60 million a year, amazing. The stupidest people in society now are being rewarded most profitably than, than people who actually contribute to society okay. like our cops. Okay, let, let's... let's um Let's let's widen the net here a little bit because Roger Goodell doesn't make these decisions uh, unilaterally. Uh, there is a committee. Uh, there are, there is representation of all of the owners about what they do with the Super Bowl because, as you say, it's the most watched television program on TV every single year, and the halftime show particularly. The, even the women, and especially the women who are you know not watching the game because they don't like football at the Super Bowl parties, uh, but they're making food or they're just talking amongst themselves. They don't really care about the game. When the halftime show comes on, everybody's eyes go to the television. And it's not just Roger Goodell, it's the league. And from that standpoint, Pete, with their entire, uh, you know, uh, woke policies, their social justice movement, their inspired change and racism on the back of the helmets and so on and so forth. You know, you said you don't think that it's geared toward appeasing their black fans, and I, and I disagree. Now, what I mean by that is not the, the black people you know and that you just talked about, but the black ones that were smashing windows for an entire summer and fall in 2020 because George Floyd died. The ones that were stealing, the ones that were burning, the ones that were looting, the Black Lives Matter wearers, they're the ones that they're trying to reach out to say, we're with you, it's all good, we're, we're bringing Snoop, we're bringing Snoop who hates all of the same things you do, and Dre, we're bringing them to the Super Bowl. They are your representation. We know when we are with you. That's who they're reaching out to. And and the most disgusting part about it, Peter, uh, Peter Kersenow, is that it's not just the NFL. I was reading Phil Mushnick's column in the New York Post pointing out, and I'm sure you've seen them, the Snoop Dogg commercial for Corona. Oh, the sure. Snoop, yep. The Snoop Dogg uh, uh, game show host. Uh, of the uh, the reenactment of the Joker's Wild from from the 1970s, it seems like corporate America can't get themselves enough of the dog, the D O double G, and all of his woman hating, hoe raping, cop killing lyrics and mentality has gone mainstream, Peter, and that's what the NFL is 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 a part of. This is, as I said at the outset, this shows. The inveterate racism of our corporate structure, many of the woke elite out there, because they think this represents the black community. They think this appeals to the black community. How despicable is this? It's not just Corona. You've got Martha Stewart palling around with this. They got, by the way, Snoop Dogg's a convicted criminal on multiple occasions, in addition to spewing out this kind of, of vile stuff. He seems to be very cute and very, very funny and all these other things. But as you said, the things you don't see on mainstream TV are the lyrics in his songs and in his videos. Most people, most, the Roger Goodell's of the world, I guarantee you, Roger Goodell has not heard any of these lyrics. He may be somewhat vaguely aware of them, but he hasn't heard them. He doesn't listen to this stuff. He hasn't a clue. He has no you don't, clue. You don't think them. somebody informed him, though, but before they, they, they gave the final sign-off, the final check mark, got it, Snoop doing the show? You don't think not somebody informed him about no, the potential backlash? No. 
No, I don't think specifically because they believe that this is now okay. They believe that because of Black Lives Matter, this kind of stuff is okay. It doesn't require a deeper dive. Back in the old days, I, I would agree with you, Bob, maybe three years ago, four years ago, anyone doing their due diligence, such as, you know, if you've got an aide to a congressman, they always do a little bit of an investigation, a little bit of research before they speak to a particular group to find out whether or not they're speaking to Klansmen or something like that. You know, they want to make sure they don't embarrass themselves. Here, we've already crossed that Rubicon. That's the, that's the danger in this. The Black Lives Matter movement and all the stuff that occurred post-George Floyd has legitimized this to the extent that they don't have to do this kind of deep dive anymore. It's permissible. And you can see it because of how pervasive it is, not just in the NFL, the NBA, and sports, but almost every major corporation. As you know, Bob, I know you know it, maybe your audience doesn't know it, the Black Lives Matter movement was rewarded with hundreds of millions of dollars That's in right. corporate and law firm and every other foundation largesse, and nobody knows where it went, except that we know that some of the Black Lives Matter folks now have multi-million dollar homes. They simply just opened up their wallets without doing a due diligence, because they think that this is now the way to go. You'll be patted on the head, you're a good person because you believe in Black Lives Matter, and they don't do the due diligence necessary. But this is a pernicious, as we know, Marxist, and that's putting it mildly, movement. And, and this is the ultimate in racism, presuming that black people like shooting cops, presuming that black people singularly like raping women, presuming that black people like this kind of cultural degradation. And unfortunately, it is mushrooming it. it, it, it there, there's a significant cohort because of the lack of leadership and this feeding of this. When, when you reward someone like a Snoop Dogg, hey, other folks out there think, hey, if I'm like Snoop Dogg, maybe I get rewarded also. That which gets rewarded gets repeated. This is an abomination on steroids. It is racist, well, Bob. It is fundamentally it is. racist, and it doesn't reflect the majority of blacks who want police protection, if nothing else. No, and, and again, like I, I want to be very, very clear about this. Those are not the black people that I say they're appeasing and that they're they're trying to appeal to in this woke time. It is the rioters. It is all of the individuals yep. we talked about at BLM and 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 white Antifa as well. Those are the people that they feel like we are in 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 the interest of social justice and equity. We're going to give you a black halftime show, a real black halftime show, not Lionel Richie. No, 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 no. We're going to Snoop because that's what uh, that's what BLM demands, and that's the point. Hey, Bob, and, Bob, well, I know yeah. you're about to go, but think about not just Roger Goodell, but also also think about how far it's uh, 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 you know flowed down through the the, the 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 channels in football. Nick Saban and a bunch of other idiots wrote a letter to Joe Manchin a couple of weeks ago, telling him he should vote for this quote unquote voting rights bill that has nothing to do with voting rights. These clowns need to educate. You know what? I, I hardly ever say this because I don't think people should, but. These idiots need to stay in their lanes. Nick Staben may be a, a fine football coach, but he knows nothing else about anything. I completely agree with that. But uh, I'll say this as we go into break. Um, you and I have talked for the last two years now about whether or not you're still watching the NFL. And uh, I have made a very clear point of saying I do not. I will admit, and I have admitted, that you know my head gets turned. When you've been a football fan for 50 years, yep, uh, yep. it's really hard to look away when the screen has a game on. And I have been you know, caught myself trying to ignore the backs of the helmets and the messages in the end zones and the commercials for wokeness and watch a little bit because the, it's the game I love, not the league. It's the game. But I will tell you this. I will say thank you, Roger, 
And thank you, National Football League, for reminding me of the reality of who you are and what you are by putting this show on. I will not be watching one millisecond of the Super Bowl. And I know I my, one you, little, my one little protest vote is not going to mean a, a thing in the world of Nielsen ratings, but I will not be watching anything that actually um, attempts to... to nationalize, to bring to the mainstream, to glorify the kind of violence and hatred and anti-police violent uh, uh, attitude created by the likes of Snoop Dogg and his cohorts on that stage. So I agree, Bob. You know, you. you may not change anything, but you got to feel good about yourself. That's right. That's right. So thank you, NFL, for bringing me back to reality here. More with Kirsten right after this. Okay, 1024, continuing now with Peter Kersnow on AM 1420, The Answer. Pete, I want to move to a little bit more absurdity, uh, because that's really the only way to describe this. <laughs> the Holocaust isn't about race. No. Uh, no. I'm, I'm sorry, Pete, I want to play it again, because you were laughing at the reality okay. of the situation. But <laughs> oh, That's okay, I want you to hear this absurdity. It's full about it, because the Holocaust isn't about race. No. No. It's well, not about maybe race. Maybe it's, 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 no, it's, it's, it's about a different race. It, but it's it's not about race. It's not about well, race. What is it about? Because you, it's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. But it's about white supremacy. It's well, about but it's not, it's not about and, ideal and race. It's it's not perfect. Perfect. But these are two Romans. white groups of people. Well, that How do we have to black people see too. them as white people? And they but you're missing the point. All right, uh, that was The View yesterday, Peter Kersenow. Whoopi Goldberg deciding that the Holocaust wasn't about race because it was two groups of white people. So, you know, they're like enemy combatants. It was just one group of white people getting after another. Uh, it had nothing to do with race. It was just man's inhumanity to man. And by the way, uh, for you know the sake of of, uh, of consistency here, you know that whole African uh, slave trade thing that wasn't about race. It was just man's inhumanity to man. You know, never mind the fact that the 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 oppressive side was one race and that the slave side was another race. It was just man's inhumanity to man. As absurd as that sounds, it's no worse than what she said by not recognizing the ethnic Jewish race. Peter Kirsten, I'll go ahead. Yeah, this uh, the view gives me a headache. Uh, you know, I, I was once uh, I, I saw part of the view once when I was in an airport or somewhere. I can't remember. Maybe I was in an office, and uh, I actually did get a headache. Uh, the uh, the level <laughs> of stupidity is astounding. Um, maybe Whoopi Goldberg should just read some of the uh, r- uh, narratives of the Wan-C conference. I hate to raise it, but uh, whether or not Jews are a race, and, and anthropolo- anthropologically, Jews are not a discrete race in that sense of the term. There are different ethnicities within, you know, Sephardic Jews, Ashkenazi Jews, um, uh, you know, Mizorim Jews. Uh, there's a number of different, fr- based on locations from which they came, and there are different ethnicities. But the key here is that talk or read Reinhard Heydrich, Hermann Goering, Adolf Hitler, they all believed that Jews were a race, and the, the Nazis considered themselves the master race. Maybe she missed all that. I don't know how she missed that. Well, That's she's only 66. She's only 66. Yeah. Maybe she hasn't had that, that in school yet. Yeah, well... 
Well, uh, the level of ignorance is is incredible. But you know, we are we're to expect this from the Ruby Goldbergs of the world. It bothers me less. I mean, it, look, this is cultural, and a lot of people believe what the Whoopi Goldbergs unfortunately have to say. Um, you know, she may say stupid things. Um, based on what I just heard from that snippet, it sounded like some of her. Uh, co-hosts or whomever they are didn't necessarily agree with her but you know the the fact of the matter is no pp not, not only did they disagree shortly after she kept digging once she hit that uh that bottom uh, level um they they played her off the orchestra started they literally played her off in the break so that she would not get herself in any more trouble than what she was saying they all knew that she was in serious serious uh, jeopardy there sure as a that's a double standard is if a conservative host had said something like that they'd already be deplatformed oh. but again all you got to do is read the nazi propaganda themselves I mean, the, the, you know, they believe themselves to be ubermenschen. They believe Jews to be untermenschen. You know, the Awansi conference with the final solution was all about that. So, um, you know, whether or not it's anthropologically true, that was the basis of what was going on in World War II with the attempt to exterminate the Jews. And it was Jews all over Europe. It wasn't any particular ethnicity of Jews. It was all Jews. Yeah, six million of them, and I'm glad you used that same word, exterminate, because I used it before, before as well. And of course, I had to issue the, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, uh, what's the word, the, the context here, um, that, it, you know, it's, it sounds terrible to say exterminate, because you don't exterminate human beings, you exterminate bugs, insects, those vermin. Are the terms, but that's, those are the terms you. that the Nazis used themselves. By the way, this gives me an opportunity to promote, promote the, my next book, which will be coming out. It's on pre-order right now. It's called The Double Weapons, and it's all, it's an historic Pete, Pete, hold on, hold on, your phone glitch. Say that title again. Uh, it's Devil's Weapons. It's historical fiction. I've taken over writing for the, the franchise of the great author W.B. Griffin, who had uh, about 25 New York Times bestsellers. This is the Men at War series. You can pre-order it on Amazon and Target and all the other places. It won't come out until August, but you can pre-order it now on tape, on you know the hard copy, all that kind of stuff. But if you read that, you will see some of that in there. You have to do a lot of historical research, but it's all right there. We should learn this by eighth grade. I think, unfortunately, we don't teach history anymore, any real history, except for the fact that the United States is evil. But this is plain. This is the kind of stuff that anybody over the age of 40 understands without question. Yeah, no, that that's exactly right. I, I said the same thing, very similar to what you just said in my monologue this morning. I said, Whoopi Goldberg is 66, and I think your children learned about the Holocaust in sixth grade. Uh, somehow she missed the, the, you know, the entire, the entire uh, genocide uh, was called the final solution to the Jewish question. It was very specifically about Jews, who were very specifically ethnic, and who were very specifically uh, referred to as rats, referred to as vermin, which is why they, they called for their extermination. It wasn't just people, uh, you know, uh, you know, who randomly got selected. Specifically, they were ethnic Jews, and Whoopi Goldberg apparently missed that lesson in junior high history. All right, uh, Peter, we're going to take a time out here. We're going to come back and talk about crime, crime that Jen Psaki, among others, finds funny. We'll talk about that next, AM 1420, The Answer. Waking up America from their woke slumber. Always right with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 1037, i got one more segment with Peter Kirst now. We're going to make it count. A lot of different things to choose from, but we're going to go with crime. Um, 
Peter, maybe you saw, maybe you didn't see Madam Circleback's latest. Uh, Jen Psaki, a.k.a. Peppermint Patty. And when you see those two, credit to Dan Bongino, by the way, for that. You see a picture of Jen Psaki next to Peppermint Patty from the Peanuts gang. You'll never unsee it. Um, Peter, she was doing an interview on a podcast in which she was asked about her response to certain questions by the Fox News reporters. One of them was about crime because, uh, you know, Fox News uh, has been covering, I think, very appropriately. Uh, responsibly, the extraordinary spike in violent crime across America's biggest cities. Uh, record numbers of homicides and other violent crimes in most American big cities last year alone. Uh, to go along with what you and I talked about before, 346 police officers shot, uh, which is a record uh, in 2021. So Fox reporters ask that of, uh, and sometimes Newsmax or others uh, ask that question routinely of, uh, of Jen Psaki about what is Biden doing about crime. So this podcast interviewer asked her about those questions and how she deals with them. And Peter, I wanted you to respond to this. The thing that makes, I think, gets, makes Republicans crazy, just anecdotally by the hate, hate uh, tweets I get on Twitter when I say this, is that they voted against funding for local cops programs because of the American Rescue Plan. Also that Biden has supported $300 billion more in uh, funding. And at the same time, he also thinks we need police reform. It's like they don't know what to do with that. Uh, but every time we say that, it makes them crazy. Um, I, you know, I think it speaks to, if you look at Fox on a daily basis, I mean, do you remember the four boxes that you had, that we had on all the TVs, right? Which mm-hmm. is on my TV right now. So right now, just to give you a sense. So CNN, Pentagon, as many as 8,500 U.S. troops on heightened alert. Okay, true. Same on MSNBC. CNBC is doing their own thing about the market. And then on Fox is Janine Pirro talking about soft on crime consequences. I mean, what what does that even mean, right? Um, so there's an alternate universe on some uh, coverage. What's scary about it is a lot of people watch that. And- what does that even mean? Soft on crime uh, consequences. What does that even mean? After all, she said Republicans voted against uh, the uh, the bill that was going to put three hundred billion dollars more toward toward policing efforts. Pete, just to clarify this before you respond to anybody listening, she's a liar. Yeah, that three hundred billion dollars. I'm sorry. I read the bill. Yeah. yeah the, okay. Well, then go go ahead. Tell people what that bill really bill. does. Tell that. Tell people what that bill really does, yeah, and then, and then the what is, does that mean part of this, where yeah, you know, soft on crime. Go ahead. For those of you who didn't read Build Back Better, uh, you know I did, so you don't have to. At least I read the significant <laughs> portions of it. And when you look at the provisions of Build Back Better, there's not 300 billion. You know, eh, you know, billion here, billion there. What's what's the difference? It's 200 bill, 280 billion. That's dedicated for a host of programs that that first of all is not mandatory, and municipalities and states and other localities have the ability. They've got the discretion to direct those funds in the manner in which they choose to do so. And in almost every case that we've seen in the past, those funds are directed toward political constituencies and not toward law and order. Some of it may trickle down to the cops, just a little bit, but there was no mandatory requirement that they do that. And, and so that's a complete fiction. As we know, in these types of bills, they throw in and, and stuff like that. And on top of all of that, when she's asking what's that all about, what it's about is, as you indicated, Bob, record increases in crime across the board. We've never seen anything like this in history. That's not an exaggeration. We have 
19 major cities that have set records in terms of not just homicide increases, but overall crime increases. And you can take a direct line from an action taken by a Democratic politician, whether it be a mayor, whether it be a prosecutor, whatever, to that increase in crime. You and I predicted this a couple of years ago. We saw this was, was coming during the Black Lives Matter movement. I remember within a, a couple, of, no, the day after George Floyd was um, was killed, I was on there predicting significant increases in crime. This was something that everybody in the world saw happening because of the lax prosecutions, the, the lax policing efforts, the defund the police movement, and the general attitude conveyed by progressive politicians that, in fact, the criminals were the good guys. The criminals were the good guys. We just even saw, for example, just this last week, a Democratic judge sentence somebody who committed arson in, um, in uh, uh, Minneapolis in which somebody died, okay? Somebody was killed. That's homicide. Right. To only 12 years as opposed to what the prosecutor recommended at 24 years because of the reason for what he was doing. He's, because he was out there protesting alleged police misconduct. So they shaved off 12. You know, somebody's life doesn't matter. You were out there doing the right thing in terms of how the progressives view things. That's right. All of this stuff contributes to the mentality of, hey, burn the city down, shoot the cops, engage in more crime. And guess what happens? Oh, my goodness, a big shock that we see this significant increase in all levels of crime. You know, our uh, alleged President Biden likes to say this is gun violence. We have to take care of gun violence. Yeah, that's something you got to take care of guns, but it's not guns. I don't see guns, you know, just kind of walking down the street shooting people. There's all kinds of crimes that have nothing to do with guns, and the gun crimes are a direct result not of the availability of guns, but because you've got the availability of criminal conduct that is countenanced and not punished. You punish something, you get less of it. If you subsidize something, if you applaud something, if you legitimize and excuse something, you get more of it. We used to learn that by the time we were four years old, but apparently the progressives haven't learned that to the detriment of hundreds more people who are right. dead as a result of their lax policies. And, and you know, that's, that's one thing that Madam Circleback would not even address. She seems to think that this is all about the defund the police movement. The defund the police movement was pushed by progressives, by particularly con- con- congressional Democrats, House Democrats, especially and largely the squad, AOC, Jihad Omar, Sharia uh, Tlaib, and, 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 uh, and uh, Presley. They, they were all part of this and in a larger movement in the Democrat uh, ranks to push for the defunding or the abolition of police. That's what they called for, Antifa called for, Black Lives Matter called for. It's why they built uh, the Chaz Zone and so on and so forth. You've got to get rid of policing. And Saki seems to think that since Biden did speak out against that and said, I disagree and I oppose the defunding or the abolishing of police, that that means the, the, the right is lying. That Fox, that conservatives, that Peter Kirsten, that Bob France were all lying about the soft on crime stance. They think it's all about if the funding is made available, and as you just said, it's discretionary, not specific funds going from the federal government to local police departments for staffing and for everything else that they need. That if they just say, hey, we oppose the defund movement, that we're good. They never, she has never talked about 
George Gascon in L.A., Chesa Boudin, uh, or Bowden, or whatever it is, in uh, San Francisco, uh, the new uh, Manhattan district attorney, all of Bragg. these big city... Yep. Bragg, thank you. All of these big city DAs and judges, uh, the, the, the no-bail movement, the no-cash-bail movement anymore, because it's inequitable, because African-Americans are the majority of those arrested, and they are the majority who are impoverished, they don't have cash, so they get to languish in the jails until their trials, whereas white people get out. So for equity's sake, we're letting them all out with no cash bail. The no cash bail, the soft sentencing and everything else is literally leading. It's an anti. It's the opposite of a deterrent to crime. It's actually an invitation to commit more crime because we're not going to hold you accountable. We had a, a hearing uh, last year on bail reform at the Civil Rights Commission, which is one of the reasons why we have this increase in crime, because people are just being let out of jail. We saw the guy in uh, Milwaukee, for example, you know, just, a couple, just shortly before he mowed those people down, he had tried to do the same thing with his girlfriend, and he was in jail, and they let him out on virtually nothing. Um, in that bail reform report, which the liberals championed, they asked for no cash bail, all kinds of other relaxations of bail. In other words, they don't have the interests of the public at heart. There's got to be a balancing. I had the only dissent, Bob. That's how bad it is. I had the only dissent to this report. It is something that is abroad in the land. The left is championing it, including Saki. If they don't see this, they're idiots. But they, they see it. They understand it. They know what's going on. They're not idiots. They're trying to downplay it because... Their, um, the, the groups that fund them and their, their activists, those that are the lifeblood of the progressive wing of the Democratic Party, those are the guys who are in favor of this stuff. The people who put together CHOP in Seattle, the people who got uh, Boudin elected and Krasner elected and, and uh, you know, Mosby in Baltimore, Fox in Chicago, uh, all these guys. This is part of a strategy on their part. You know, whether or not it is an evil strategy, I happen to think it's nefarious. I really do. I'm sorry for saying that. I think this is coordinated and they have an an objective in mind that's not good for the United States of America. But even if it's not, it's dumb and it's harmful. What, whatever happened between the distinction between, you know, Obviously, there's a lot of great areas, but they seem to live in gray areas. There's a distinction between good and bad. You commit a crime, that's bad. You get punished for it. That's why we have a government. And we have, right now, a government on almost every level level that refuses to discharge the most fundamental obligations of government. And thus, we're having almost sure anarchy. We're getting to Lord of the Flies territory in many areas. Uh, you know, you've got the the idiot. Um, fr- I'm sorry for using these pejoratives all the time, but but they're the most accurate ones. You've got um, Newsom out in California standing in the midst of tons and tons of tons of boxes strewn about the railroad tracks, wondering how did this happen. Th- th- this is astonishing. What's going on? We are now turning very rapidly into a third world country that happens to have more money than most other third world countries. Unless we start to resurrect our standards again, make clear what we consider to be good and bad, reward good behavior and punish bad behavior, we will turn into a third world country. There's nothing special about this geography that insulates us from those types of consequences. You know, uh, Peter, you're, you're exactly right. And the most, well, one of the most frustrating things about it, again, is that uh, the mainstream media will do no work whatsoever. None in, in point. Yeah, in right, you're now. right. 
And, and you always exactly talk about right. Democrats, you say, but I repeat myself when you say the media. But, I mean, it, it's important to point this out. The American people have no earthly idea how dangerous these policies are. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Nobel policies bill for everything that you and the, and the commission talked about. They have no earthly idea how this is manifesting itself in these higher crime rates and more and more victimization. And the media will do nothing to, to inform. This is why Donald Trump, and I don't want to get into this whole thing again, but this is why when he called them the enemy of the people, they're harming the people by not letting the people know that their chosen elected representatives, their chosen elected officials, are putting them in grave danger in American streets, particularly in the biggest cities. Um, yeah, and that's why the media's uh, ratings are plummeting like nobody's business, because people, you know, if the media doesn't cover it or if they misreport it, that doesn't change the facts on the ground, and people pervasively are seeing what's happening. No, that that is exactly right. Peter, I've got one more for you, and I know it's already 1049, but I just I wanted to get this out. Um, are you familiar with or do you know Ilya Shapiro? I sure do. I wrote a letter in uh, of support on his behalf. Oh, okay. Well, uh, just brief then so people know what we're talking about here. Uh, uh, Georgetown uh, Law Professor Ilya Shapiro, who's the Vice President and Director of the Robert A. Levy Center for Constitutional Studies at the Cato Institute, responded, as everybody did, to Joe Biden's announcement that he's going to choose a Supreme Court justice nominee based on skin color and sex. And that's it. He will racially discriminate people if they are female but white and all males. You are not uh, you're not up for consideration in this. So Ilya Shapiro had a reaction like so many others, and here was his on Twitter. Objective best pick for Biden is Sri... I'm going to struggle at this. I know, I can't pronounce it either. Srinivasan is how, they, how it's spelled. Who is a solid prog and V-smart. Um, referring to the Chief United States Circuit Judge of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit. He wrote, even has identity politics benefit of being the first Asian, per- parenthetical, Indian, American. But alas, doesn't fit into the latest intersectionality hierarchy, so we'll get lesser black woman. Thank heaven for small favors. He then tweeted, because Biden said he's only cons- he's only considering black women for SCOTUS, his nominee will always have an asterisk attached, fitting that the court takes up affirmative action next term. He then posted a poll asking whether Biden was racist, sexist, or both for promising to only nominate a black woman. As you can imagine, Pete, as Ilya is a libertarian with conservative leanings, um, he must be canceled. Georgetown Law alums and others have gone ballistic. Students, I can't be in the same school with this man. He's got to go. Georgetown reflexively uh, suspended him uh, pending an investigation. You know him. Can you make any sense of that? Yeah, I can make sense of it. Um, it's because the left, this is canceling and deplatforming writ large and expanded to almost every sphere. If you say the wrong thing, and by that, by that I mean if you don't say things in the approved progressive fashion, that is unequivocal evidence that you are racist, sexist, whatever the ist is. All right. We no longer have space anymore for people to say things in an inartful way. And Ilya would be the first to tell you what he said, that tweet about, um, you know, uh, because of the way Biden had limited himself to only a black female, he's not getting necessarily the most qualified choice. Not necessarily, he said. Well, hey, hey, but, hey, Pete, but the hey, words Pete. he used. Hey, Pete, not only would Ilya tell you, he did. I'm sorry, I should, probably should have read this apology so that you know, or slash uh, his clarification so you can respond to this too. He said, quote, 
I re- regret my poor choice of words, which undermined my message that nobody should be discriminated against for his or her skin color. A person's dignity and worth simply do not and should not depend on race, gender, or any other immutable characteristic. While it's important that a wide variety of perspectives and backgrounds be represented in the judiciary, so blatantly using identity politics in choosing Supreme Court justices is discrediting to a vital institution. Chief Judge Sri, that name again, is in my mind the most qualified nominee a Democratic president could choose. Reasonable people can disagree on that particular assessment, but it's a shame that he and other men and women of every race are excluded from the outset of the selection process. So Ilya did pretty much say what you were about to say that he would say. Go ahead. Right, exactly. And so he said the, the phrase I think that triggered, uh, you know, the Wokarati, these precious little flowers, was lesser black uh, woman Female, for judge. Woman, yeah. And what he meant by that was, and I, look, I, everyone knows what he meant by that, because, you know, despite the fact that the left thinks that everybody in the world is racist, especially if you're on the right, that that is the furthest thing from the truth. And they can't accept that. They won't accept that. They have to have a demon. They have to have an other all the time. But with, and, and you know, I'm not Ilya's closest friend. I know him. I wrote an article for Cato Supreme Court Review that he edited. He's been at the, uh, the Civil Rights Commission. Uh, I can tell you this, that he's one of the smartest guys you're ever going to want to meet. He is smart on steroids. Uh, and that's not necessarily important. You've got smart people who are evil. Ilya's not one of them. There, I, there's not a mean bone in his body that I can discern. And again, I'm not his best friend. I don't know him intimately, but I know enough about him that I think I can make that determination. I also know that he's smart enough that even if he was evil, he wouldn't say something that the left could so readily seize upon if he meant it. He wouldn't have done that. So, um, I wrote a, a, you know, a letter to George Shawn on his behalf saying that this was inartful, but it doesn't reflect his deeper meaning. And also the fact that if, if you look at the polls, look at the polls, more than 70% of Americans agree with Ilya, including a majority of blacks. As I said on your program last week, the fact of the matter is if, if Biden had nominated me because his criteria was a black male, I would be incredibly insulted because that was the defining characteristic. Not my acumen, my legal acumen, not my ability to discharge my duties, not my faithfulness to the Constitution, but only because I checked a box. How insulting is that? And he's forever marked that person now as the if it's right or wrong. This may be the best qualified person in the history of the world to sit on the Supreme Court, but nonetheless, because of his prerequisites, he has now forever marked that person as the affirmative action higher to the Supreme Court. And the decisions that that person issues are always going to be viewed through the lens of, well, is this because she's black or female? That's, that's almost unavoidable, as despicable as it is. But that's the framework upon which he, he, he made this nomination or is going to make this nomination. So Ilya was saying, look, that, that's precisely what's going to happen. And if you get uh, a black female who has lesser objective credentials, that is going to be the consequence of this ill-advised prerequisite that Biden has placed on this nomination. I can't think of anything for a host of reasons on every level why this is so bad. And those that try to equate this with what Reagan had to say when he said, I want to get a woman on the Supreme Court, if you take a look at what Reagan said and did, it's completely the opposite. Completely the opposite. He didn't limit it himself. He said he would. this is something, it was like a, a, an aspiration of his. Yeah. This is, the, 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 the attempts to draw an equivalency are false. What Biden did was wrong and it's just, I mean, my goodness, it's now further politicized, which should be an objective reviewing body. And it's insulting to whomever he chooses. That's exactly right. That asterisk, as Ilya said, will be there no matter what. Peter Kersenow, thank you, my friend. I'm glad we got that in. Take care, Bob. All right, 1055. We'll come back and wrap it after this.
News right meow. All right, meow. And over your license and registration. Turn to always right. Hurry up, meow. With Bob France. No buts, meow. On AM 1420. All right, meow. Where were we? The answer. Going to wrap it up with this. Totally off the uh, topic that we were just discussing with Pete. But this one, the headline tells you the entire story. I really don't need to give you details. Isolated island in Pacific Ocean experiences first COVID-19 cases of the pandemic after arrival of fully vaccinated, triple-tested missionaries who were quarantined. The island of Kiribati is an isolated island nation in the middle of the Pacific with a population of about 122,000. Kiribati closed its borders, which is easy to do when you're an island. Ten months ago, they finally reopened the country this month. The only arrivals to their island were the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints missionaries. All vaxxed, double vaxxed, triple tested, and quarantined before they got there. They arrived, and COVID broke out. But it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Never forget. Thanks to my guests, Vince Everett Ellison, Peter Kersenow. Thanks to my crew, Marcy and Johnny. Thank you to you for listening. I hope you have a great day. Be well, be safe, and always remember, let's go, Brandon. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.